Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. You are now listening to the Half a Bird Sports Show. Yo, welcome to the Half a Bird Sports Show. You have so many options for high-flying entertainment, yet you chose to ride with us. We appreciate that. Your host, Jimmy, along with myself, Jay, bringing you the sports opinions you need to adopt immediately. Check us out on our affiliate, WMQGRadio.com, Tuesdays and Saturdays, and wherever podcasts are served. Hey, Jimmy, what's on today's school lunch menu? Episode 200, Half a Bird Show. A running back wants to trade why I don't know. Michael Thomas just saw his bank account grow. Melo wants a fair well oh you got jokes zeke wants a payday or he won't go dak wants a payday but he did go to training camp with amari who's his main bro and the players hit my homes with a low blow Ooh, lots of topics thought provoking <laughs> coming to you as usual all right thanks for checking Joining us here on the Half of Our Sports <laughs> Show, myself and Jimmy. What's up? When we do best talking out the sides of our neck, it is show number 200. Congratulations. 200. Thank you. I can't believe that we actually, uh, we did that, baby. Thank we you. did that Thank thing. You. We did that thing, man. 200. 200. To have to deal with you for 200 plus episodes. <laughs> actually, technically, you didn't deal with me. Yes, for I 200. did. No, not really. Listen to your solo shows. That's still me dealing with you. Wow. So the disrespect. Deal with you. The disrespect <laughs> that I received from this no, guy. But see, but did you think we'd ever reach 200? No, I'm going to be truly honest. I really did not. I didn't either. Mainly because this is actually a lot more taxing on time and just, just, uh, just, it's, it's tiring. Um, yes. It's, I mean, it's, we of course enjoy it. It's the only reason why we do this on a consistent basis, but it is tiring. It's a lot of work. It really is. You know, trying to come up with some information, some, Come up with content and try to provide it in the best way that you guys will enjoy it. It's not easy, but I still am glad that we uh, stuck through it and we're pushing through to go on and see 300, 400, and hopefully a thousand. Hopefully. Hopefully. So, you know, we got a lot of topics to go into today. We don't want to uh, bore you too much on us, you know, celebrating 200, but we got some 200 stuff in here. Of course, the $7 challenge. Jimmy's going to provide us a really good one because I got a great one next week. Um, talk a little bit about Carmelo. I'm not sure why he keeps coming up into uh, conversation. Cowboys talk about contracts, money and trades. But first let's start off with the most important topic of the day. Mm-hmm. Zeke ain't showed up still. So Jimmy, you had a lot of stuff to say about Zeke in your solo show. Yes, I did. And him not showing up to training camp and what your feelings were on the Cowboys, um, why they shouldn't pay him in some capacity. If you haven't listened to the solo show, go back and check it out. It is uh, Zeke Another Contract. Somewhere else. Yes. Yes. Zeke Another Contract somewhere else. That was um, well played. (laughs) I saw what you did there. It was either that or Zeke and Ye Shall Find. But I feel like the first one was a little bit more on the nose in terms of what's actually happening. Well, we're using Zeke Yishefine today. Yeah, all right. Fair oh, enough. Go for it. Boom shakalaka. So, <laughs> all right. 
go ahead and state your case of why the Cowboys shouldn't pay. Well, when I say they shouldn't pay him, and this is from the standpoint of a GM, it was uh, based on several premises. One, you have a great offensive line, an offensive line behind which the majority of starting NFL running backs could be very productive behind, and that out of 53 Super Bowl winning teams, only four times did that team have the leading rusher as their starting running back, and three of those times happened to be Emmitt Smith of the Dallas Cowboys, ironically. And that mixed with his off-the-field issues and the fact that the number that he is wanting is based off of a contract, Todd Gurley's, that has totally inflated the running back market out of proportion. All that combined, combined with the players that I also want to play, want to pay, uh, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and uh, some young players who are up and coming superstars on defense, it makes it it made sense to me to not pay him the contract that he's wanting, especially since he has two years remaining, and I have the opportunity to franchise him up to three times, or I trade him for another decent running back um, and alleviate the problem that way and move on from him. Well. And uh, I disagreed with you on it. Like I told you, I listened to your, your solo show and a uh, phenomenal show. You did really good. Thank you. You, you sound like uh, I've taught you well. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> but no, uh, there was a few things behind that that I couldn't go with. One, Zeke is top three in the NFL. Yes, he is. Um, I mean, arguably could be the best running back in there. So yep. the bad thing about him is that, it, I mean, if the Cowboys think they don't need him, they don't need that. Zeke, I agree with you. Trade him. Go ahead and trade them now. Trade them at this current high value and get players to surround Dak. There's your problem. It's solved at that point. But you know what? You can't trade a top three player, a top three running back. You can't. Every team will look at you like you're an idiot. And for some reason, all these GMs say, no, you shouldn't pay Zeke. But if they traded, if the Cowboys offered him up, they trade for him and then pay Zeke. So it always cracks me up how everybody looks at other people's pockets. And say, oh, well, I said, oh, you can't do that. It's not, I never would do that. Wait, Zeke's available? What's going to cost me? Oh, yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, let's do that. Pay the man. Like, what's the point? I mean, I, is the goal just to put butts in seats? And that's what it sounds like for the most part when it comes to these other general managers and what they're doing. But their teams will trade for him yesterday, period. We know that. So I think with the Cowboys, they know the limitations of Dak Prescott. And they know that Dak in a way, actually needs Zeke. And the funny thing is I think that Dak knows that he needs Zeke. So in this situation, to me, the first thing Dak should say is, hey, I'll take a minor haircut because I'm going to get way more long-term money than this dude. I need you guys to sign Zeke. That way I can continue to propel myself and get the next check to be even fatter. Mm -hmm. That's the play. The play is to get the next check to be bigger. This one's going to be big, but get the next one after that. When you're older, you're smarter with your money, and you can start paying off that debt that you burn as you burn through all that money, the current contract that you're about to get. That's my take on it. Okay, fair enough. So, so with that, the question goes into the which I think you had had a question in regards to the mm-hmm. players there. Yeah, the question is, you know, obviously in addition to Zach, we know that uh, Zach Zeke, we know that Dak and Amari want to get paid and get paid a certain type of way as well. So then the question is, can Dallas, is there a way for Dallas to actually pay Zeke, Dak, and Amari? And although I wouldn't do this, there actually, to me, fiscally is a way that they can pay all yes. three. Because here's what they're looking at. I talked about the girly contract yes. that Zeke wants to surpass. The Carson Wentz contract is essentially what Dak wants to match up or potentially exceed, which would be 30 to 35 mil per year, roundabout. Right. And Amari Cooper, as we'll talk about a little bit later on, the Michael Thomas contract, five-year, one 
100 mil, something like 60 million guaranteed. 61, he wants to yeah. be he wants to be in that ballpark. He knows he's not at the level of Michael Thomas, but that's sort of a jumping off point. So we're probably talking with Amari, five year, 90 mil maybe, because yeah. Brandon Cooks for the Rams has five year, 80, and he feels like he's better than him. So I think that. If they're going to keep this trio together and give them all the type of contracts that they want, then what they have to do is, to me, what they've done before, which is declare yourself an offensive team. Make sure you have a solid offensive line. Make sure you pay your quarterback, your running back, your wide receiver, the triplets, just like they did before with right. Aikman, Smith, and Irvin. And don't hardly pay anybody on defense. So Leighton Vander Esch, when it's time, he's got to go. Jalen Smith, when it's time, he's got to go. Byron Jones, when you're left on his contract, he's got to go. You're already paying Demarcus Lawrence, your edge rusher, and that will be about it. So if you're going to pay these guys what they want, you really can't pay hardly anyone on defense for it. To me, what the Cowboys need to do is just go ahead and go all in, like you said, on the offensive side. And I agree. But I think there's a little difference of what they can do with some of the the money that they are playing around with. Because the one thing I give to the Cowboys is mm-hmm. they do a phenomenal job of drafting specific areas. Mm-hmm. Defensive tackles, the defensive line, they've actually shown they're pretty solid on, So as well as the offensive line. Because they always seem to have a really good, solid edge rusher that they end up losing the free agency because <laughs> of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, linebackers... Injuries have typically become their issue, but they sometimes find a diamond in the rough. Jalen Smith is a phenomenal example, yes. which they won't pay him very much, but they're going to eventually have to pay him something mm-hmm. to keep him around. But because they bet on him, he'll take a hometown discount. But what they can do is because since they're so good at drafting at the offensive line, they should trade one of their high-priced linemen. Keep your left tackle because you need him. Yeah, Tyron Smith, he's a Hall of Famer. He's got to be there. You can't get rid of him. Mm. Trade Zach Martin. He, well, he's the right tackle or the right guard? Uh, he's a guard. That's all I know. He's so, one so of probably the, the right guard. Probably yeah. the right guard. Him and uh, if Frederick was, is the was Lyle Collins. Lyle Collins. Lyle yeah. Collins. Who you wants can, to get paid as well. You can trade one of those two today. Mm-hmm. Get yourself a younger lineman that you know can probably mesh well. Because like I said, they have a really good eye. Mm-hmm. Get a draft pick. Leverage that for additional offensive or defensive players later. And then you just shed some contract right there on the spot. Mm. From that... You can start paying everybody because you're going to have to pay all three. Now, we say everybody. Are we talking both sides of the ball? Yes, because you're going to you're gonna have to offense. pay Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, they're already paying him. He's well, got paying his contract, him. And they got surgery the next day. Exactly. Which is hilarious to which me. Which is always great. <laughs> and, and perfect, perfect, perfect. <laughs> See play. y'all in eight months. But they're going to start paying some of the defensive players, too, like you said. They're going to have to start paying them. Because Demarcus Lawrence is hurting them right now because of what he's making. But they're going to have mm-hmm. to start paying everybody else. Well, too. I mean, if one of those trio on offense would consider taking a haircut or if they for instance, didn't take Zeke, then that will probably open up the space to at least keep one of those top linebackers, probably Vander Esch, because he's just a smidge better than Jalen Smith. And again, Byron Jones, he started out as a cornerback, didn't do very well, moved to safety, was really good. But still, you can find someone younger, develop him, move on from him. But you losing one of those three contracts of the trio opens up um, a lot of avenues to keep some of those defensive guys. So they got options. I agree. They have options. They can, they can do some playing with all of the numbers. And like I said, if they, if they take a look at some some players that they know they're going to have to pay, but they don't want to, and mm-hmm. they have an option to trade them, I think it is. So, But one of the things we do trade around here on the Half Burst Sports Show is the news. And now, Jimmy has the news. News. <laughs> Thank you, Wendy. All right, um, so we have a leader in the clubhouse for the starting quarterback position in Miami. Uh, Brian Flores, the new head coach, made his first significant lean in the Dolphins starting quarterback competition, giving the strong early edge to... Veteran Ryan Fitzpatrick Fitzmagic over Josh Rosen. He says it's pretty clear to me that Ryan Fitzpatrick is leading the way. He's done that in a lot of areas from leadership to production on the field to meeting rooms to the walkthroughs. Basically just over and through anything to do with quarterback. He's been head and shoulders better. 
than Josh Rosen. Um, is it already over for Josh Rosen as a starting quarterback in this league? No, I think he's going to end up getting the job anyway because Ryan Fitzpatrick is Ryan Fitzpatrick. And you also got to remember, Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> has played for every single team in the <laughs> AFC East now. So for him, he's a starting quarterback of every team in AFC East, from the Bills to the Jets to now <laughs> the Dolphins. Uh, but no, I think it's a smart move by Flores to, to put that fire underneath Rosen. Get him going. So I think he'd be good. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like He's just trying to light a fire underneath him. And he's Rosen's got an ego, so this could be a good thing that could hopefully help him to be more focused and do better in training camp. Because I want to see him. We've seen Fitzpatrick for the last 30 years. I want to see Josh Rosen. <laughs> I want to see Josh Rosen, yeah. Up next, uh, the Indianapolis Colts are shutting down quarterback Andrew Luck for at least the next two practices and possibly longer due to a left calf calf strain that has bothered him since late April. Um, Luck calls this a setback. He's not where he wants to be. He has not improved feeling-wise and pain-wise, particularly in his ankle. And this is something um, that he vowed to himself after the 2016 season um, that he would be pain-free before he could be the kind of quarterback that he wanted to be. So since calf strain is now one of the scariest terms of scariest injuries that we have in sports due to what happened with Kevin Durant. Yeah. <laughs> should, should the Colts be more concerned than they're acting as they are? No, and I, and I, and I was about to mention that. It seems like now we, we put a microscope on the calf strains because of the Kevin Durant injury. Yeah. Uh, like we actually care about it that much. No, I think Andrew Luck could be fine. He showed that he could recover from a shoulder injury that looked devastating, and he looked phenomenal. So I think he'll take care of himself properly. He'll get back out there the way he needs to. Yeah. It's smart for them to shut him down today, though, just so they can monitor it and make sure that it isn't anything more serious than what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's tough to tell if it's really the calf or it's the Achilles, irregardless of which one it is. It's, it's a tough one. It's not as easy as everybody thinks. So do you think there's um, any chance they – put him out there in any of the preseason games or just wait till a regular season game? Oh, on? no, he ain't playing a single preseason game. They don't need him to. Right now, they're 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 all in on him, especially the way they've constructed this team. Yeah. They need him for the season. Why waste his talent in a preseason game that, ma- that matters nothing? Because quarterbacks don't need hits like running backs and everybody else. That's the way I feel for basically every starter and veteran in the NFL. Why put them out there in the preseason? Exactly. Yeah, more on that later on as we go throughout the month of August. <laughs> what else? <laughs> and I go, that's it. This news. I hate the preseason, I'm telling you. And that was the worst, stupidest thing in sports. Thank you, Bob. Oh, man, just going to talk over Bob while he's doing what he do best. Bob was busy. He didn't hear me. He did. He did. He actually was a little – feelings were hurt because he didn't realize he was going to be that I bought him a cupcake for the episode today. Yeah, so he's all right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you think that he's all right. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's how you do you, Bob. He don't love you like I do. Anyway. Yeah, so so next, uh, Jay, something I'm wanting to get your opinion on. You know how much I hate – Farewell tours. I oh yeah, so with I can't even say the word unless I slow down to say it. Farewell. Because if I say it fast, farewell. I, I, I just, it doesn't feel right. <laughs> I hate farewell tours. So the trainer. Speaking of farewell, see, I did it again. There you go. The trainer of Carmelo Anthony weighed in on where Carmelo Anthony is at, his training, his desire to play, and this is what he had to say. He said. Um, yeah, some people say he's been blackballed, but he got into a situation at the end of his career where teams would be like, oh, he's going to want this role, so we're going to stay away. And I think that what's going on with Melo right now is he's easily better than 60 to 70% of NBA players walking around. It's just I think teams are afraid of him wanting to be a starter or I want this. That's not the case, though. Melo just wants to have a final season, farewell season, do what D-Wade did, do the jersey swap. He had a great career. He's a Hall of Famer, so hopefully that can happen. My question to you is, does Carmelo Anthony deserve a farewell tour? No. Wow. No. <laughs> okay, look. Um, I was watching, uh, what was that, uh, High Noon, uh, the day with Bomani Jones and Pablo Torre. Yes. They made a, 
Bo made a phenomenal point. Few players have weighed in on this and said that they feel like Melo should have a farewell tour, mainly because players like Kawhi Leonard, who wears his braids back, specifically because of a player that he idolized growing up by the name of Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. A lot of the players grew up within his era, and so today's players, they have an appreciation for him because a lot of them modeled their game around him. The, the, the ISO-heavy, mid-range game, but slashing at the same time. They built their game around him, so... Players will say that they're going to want this because it's no different than us wanting our old, you know, like I wanted Clyde Drexler to have a farewell tour, even though, you know, I was a big fan of his. I was just happy he got a ring. Problem with Melo is he ain't on rings. Melo ain't led anything. Melo went to the Western Conference Finals one time. Guess who was there with him to get him to that point? Allen Iverson, who had already been to the NBA Finals. Melo has never led a single team anywhere meaningful. That's the reason why he does not deserve a farewell tour. <laughs> And also look at the last piece behind what Melo was doing. He had the perfect opportunity to end his career in grace and elegance. But his ego was so high thinking that he was the guy that he was seven years ago that he couldn't even step back and recognize that, you know what? Let me be six man of the year and add that to my mantle and all of my Olympic medals. He couldn't even do that. So now that's a lot of what I would have said as well. You know what I, what I wish would happen is that he, but the, I wish he would actually go on a farewell tour, and I hope that when they play the Golden State Warriors that Draymond Green is mic'd up because I would love to hear what he would say to diss the hell out of Carmelo Anthony like he did Paul Pierce when he went on. Paul Pierce basically forced every organization to give him some sort of a farewell tour, and Draymond Green wasn't having it. So I would love to hear what he would have to say about Carmelo. But Oh, no, um, don't get it twisted. Draymond's not going to say a word to Carmelo Anthony like he did to Paul Pierce. Why? Everyone hates Paul Pierce for a reason. Players still respect Melo. They just know that he's washed. Do they know? <laughs> yes. Because how come nobody really wants to play with him? How, these organizations, no, 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 these, no, no. these organizations who he, you know, who have, who have beat him, played against him all these years. Why would they love him enough to do that? Because like D Wade, I understand people loved him, they revered him, but. Carmelo Anthony, what's there to revere? You've always been a black hole your entire career. You never played defense on anyone except LeBron James, which he was, for whatever reason, a phenomenal defender against LeBron James. And outside of that, there's nothing else to love. There's nothing else to hold on to. So why? Because players still love Carmelo Anthony. Players do. Players talk about Melo in a in a shining light, and, and they, they adore him. Organizations don't. Mm-hmm. After he forced his way out of Denver the way that he did, yeah. teams don't like him. He's legitimately blackballed in a way that it's not because they just have a disdain for him as a person. They hate his game. Okay, so you're saying like as a pl- as a person they like him, but yes. as far as his game, like because even his banana boat crew don't want anything to do with him. Well, no, so that's not the thing. I don't yeah, think is. that the banana boat crew doesn't want to have a thing to do with him. I think that the as far as a player, as far as playing, with no, I'm not playing on the court. I think that the teams just don't want to deal with him. Mm-hmm. They don't want to deal with him coming to the office saying, "Hey, um, I need some more minutes. <laughs> yeah. uh, can we get the ball in my hands? Hey, I shouldn't be sitting in the fourth quarter." Teams don't want to deal with that. Mm. The players on the on the court. They all, when he was an Oklahoma City player, talked about how much they liked Carmelo and how he would help the young players. But the problem was, is in the fourth quarter, they played Jeremy Grant over him. He throws a hissy on the bench that reminds everybody that, yep, you don't want to be who you need to be at this point in your career. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's that's why it's not going to happen. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen either. All right, so the NFL does this top 100 players. 
um, currently in the game and it's voted on by the players themselves. So that gives it sort of uh, an extra kick, an extra sense of authenticity. Yeah. So the top 10 was released of the NFL top 100 players yesterday, last night. And coming in at number two, the number two best player as voted on by the players was Drew Brees. Wait, number what? Number two overall was Drew Brees. The number one player was Aaron Donald. Number two was Drew Brees. He was the number one quarterback, therefore, beating, according to the players, being better than Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers, amongst others, and basically every other quarterback, but those three especially. So my question for you is, is he actually better than Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers, as the players are saying that he is? Hex no! No! Now... Full disclosure, I love Drew Brees. I love his reclamation story, the way that he fought, he battled back from that shoulder injury that was supposed to end his career, and the time that he was supposed to be the Miami Dolphins quarterback, and the stupid Miami Dolphins medical staff said that he wasn't going to ever come back and play the same, and for that reason, we got Nick Saban in Alabama running through everybody like he's doing because of the stupid Miami Dolphins medical staff. Sorry, I'm get off that soapbox, but no, I feel like, no, Drew Brees is not better than them. Drew Brees is really good good. Drew Brees has phenomenal timing. Drew Brees has great focus. Drew Brees also disappears in the playoffs. He's disappeared every playoffs he's been in except for the Super Bowl run. And the only reason why they made that one is because of Hurricane Katrina. They had way more extra motivation. So I don't have any hate or malice to Drew Brees, but Drew Brees is not better than those guys, nor is Drew Brees better than Tom Brady. Tom Brady is it. I'm sorry. There's not a quarterback better than him until they can show me Another quarterback that can have random wide receivers in there and he can hit them with the same timing as he does every single season. See, I thought I could trust the players, you know, because they play against these players, they play with them. So I thought I could trust them at least 100%, but I can't because to me, what they're saying is he's the number one most liked quarterback or the number one most respected quarterback yeah. therefore they voted emotionally out of that sense and put him at number two because Patrick Mahomes we all know that Patrick Mahomes right now is a better quarterback than him but he's got one phenomenal season under his belt so they're like you know you're still young you still really haven't proven anything we can't put you ahead of Breeze Tom Brady as I've learned after they won their sixth Super Bowl everybody hates Tom Brady so they wouldn't do it for that reason and Aaron Rodgers I really don't know what the reason was they wouldn't put Aaron Rodgers football wise ahead of Drew Breeze I know why, why? because his teammates have all come out and said he's an a-hole okay I so mean, he's an a-hole easy. yes yeah no right, one likes the dude right so to your point you made a phenomenal point when you said how drew Brees is in the playoffs even before that this past season i looked it up in weeks 13 through 16 because he didn't play in week 17 he played four games he had three total touchdown passes and averaged 214 yards a game meaning that he's not what he was the anti-drew Brees. exactly <laughs> he's old he is not the number two He's not the number two best player in the league, nor is he the number one quarterback in the league. So this was pure emotion, and this disappoints me about the players that they voted this way instead of the objective facts that there are five or six quarterbacks in the league right now better than him. Yeah, exactly. So I'm with that. I I, I am thoroughly in every way they perform disappointed that they would actually believe that in their hearts when we all know good and well. It ain't. All right. So um, we do this every Monday. But this ain't Monday. <laughs> we had to do this episode 200 together here uh-huh. on a Thursday. So you guys are going to get back-to-back versions of the great. Back-to-back. Back-to-back. It's another challenge. Jimmy's got questions. Which, let me ask you this, though, because you know how, how it comes to. Jay's got answers. Yeah, that was terrible. I, yeah, you did, I you did well. It's the $7 challenge. Every damn time. 
Okay, so as you all know, we're celebrating our 200th episode of the Half a Bird Sports Show. So today's $7 challenge is designed around the number 200 in sports. I'm going to give you a question that revolves around that number, and you have to give me the answer as to um, the answer to the question, which is pretty much what it always is. <laughs> okay, right. okay, no different, no different right. format. Yeah, pretty much nothing changed except you hear the number 200 a lot. Okay, well then go ahead. Number, number one. 200. The fastest Major League Baseball team to hit 200 home runs in a season as a team. Was it the 2018 Red Sox, the 1992 Athletics, or the 2019 Twins? Uh, I'm going to say 2018 Red Sox. Incorrect. Yikes. Even they did bash a lot of them. The 2019 Twins. Really? So last year. Well, yeah, I know right the now, last, right oh, yeah, I know the last two years, home runs have been like knocked out of the park nonstop. So I, yeah. that's, I didn't realize it was really going that way. So, okay. Yep. All right. Number two. Which player has more than 200 career touchdown passes? Which player has more than 200 career touchdown passes? Is it Joe Flacco, Russell Wilson, or Alex Smith? Joe Flacco, Russell Wilson, or Alex Smith? Yes. 200? Who has more than 200? One of them does. Career touchdown passes. Joe Flacco. Yes, correct. With 212, uh, Russ has 196, and Alex Smith has 193. Yeah. So hopefully Alex Smith can fight his way back and get those final seven. Yeah, that would be Very few quarterbacks have over 200. Number three, who was the, fir- who was the pitcher to reach – 200 strikeouts the fastest in a season oh wow was it randy johnson nolan ryan or max scherzer max scherzer incorrect was it you nolan know, ryan it was randy johnson was it really yeah 2001 oh wow okay mm-hmm. all right up next who was the quarterback to reach 200 career passing touchdowns the fastest was it aaron Rodgers, dan marino or john elway 200 the fastest. Yeah, 200 career touchdown passes the fastest. That's weird. Would it be John Elway? Is that your answer? Yeah, John Elway? Incorrect. Hey, it was Dan Marino? In the right era. It was Dan Marino. Okay. I mean, I know he's the all-time leader in dang everything. I just... Yeah, it was in that era. It felt era. like a trap. It was so in that era. That yeah. was the, that was a gimme. Dang it. All right. Number five. Who broke Dwight Howard's record for most dunks in a season, which at the time was 269? Was it Giannis Antetokounmpo? Blake Griffin or Rudy Gobert? Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, incorrect. Rudy Gobert. Rudy did? Yeah, this past season, as a matter of fact, he finished with 306 dunks. Wow. Yeah. I think we mentioned that on the show uh, in news. It was around, I think, back. February, March. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Wow. Rudy right. Gobert. Number six, who finished their career the closest to 200 career touchdowns if you take out Jerry Rice, who had 197? So take out Jerry Rice. Who's the next closest to 200 career touchdowns? Is it Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Chris Carter? I mean, the rumor has it all he does is catch touchdowns. So I'm going to say CC, Chris Carter. Incorrect. Well, dang, I'm terrible this round. Who was Randy it? Randy Moss. Was it Moss? Yeah, 156. Oh, wow. T.O. has one fifty three. Chris Carter's like in the one. He's like one thirty. Say one thirty. His his nickname was y'all. Anyway, <laughs> CC disappointed me. Keep yeah. going. All right, and final question: This NFL coach finished his coaching career with approximately two hundred wins, regular season wins, or it might have been playoff wins too. It didn't say. Anyway, Dude, mustache and bull. Anyway. bull. anyway, who was it? Was it Paul Brown, Marty Schottenheimer, or Bill Parcells? Paul Brown. Incorrect. Dang. Marty Schottenheimer. Was it Marty? It was Marty. That was the first person I thought, too, which is really weird. God. Oh, well. So, that was God awful. Excellent way to celebrate 200 
I know. episode. I got one right. A horrible. I have, hey, this was a horrible. Actually, you know that was it, a really it was a great good. idea. No, it was a great, greatly is greatly executed. It was just nah. yeah. I, you I know, was, for me, I was it's, dumb. to me, it's either game seven or bust. Yeah, that's, I was that's terrible. how I judge myself. I was terrible. So you did, you did I'll win. do better next time. All right. Well, <laughs> we're gonna just transition out of that one. <laughs> A transition away from Ragnarok. So <laughs> we're going to just move on from how bad that I just did on this and I'll challenge into the next topic. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so this is our uh, quick hitter segment, basically. We're yeah. going to go ahead and knock out three quick topics in the next 10 minutes and see what we think about stuff. So first and foremost, contracts. Money has been made. Spoils have been shared. Mm-hmm. Michael Thomas gets himself a $100 million contract, five-year deal, $61 million of mm-hmm. it is guaranteed. Jimmy, do you think he was overpaid? Uh, do I think he was overpaid? Um, Honestly, no, because I would say he deserved that contract as a saint. Um, You know, he is – helping to prolong Drew Brees' career because Michael Thomas is not the fastest. He's not the strongest. He doesn't have the best hands, but he's got he's got such a phenomenal catch radius that if Drew Brees can get it in his vicinity, there's like a 60 to 70% chance that he's going to catch the ball. What, he set, just set the record three most receptions by a receiver in a three-year period? Yep. So um, you couple that with the fact that they're really not paying anybody else. I know they're going to have to pay Kamara in another year or two. We'll see how they handle that. Right. But on defense, they're really not paying anybody. I think Cameron Jordan has a decent contract. Marcus Lattimore is a cornerback. They don't really command too much money. Most of them don't unless you you know, get a stupid franchise like the Redskins who break the bank for Josh Norman. But I think that they have the money. He's helping to prolong Drew Brees' career. And um, therefore, he, he was deserving of, of the contract. You know, he said, he said records. He said records. I agree. I've, I, don't, I think that they hit him at the right spot. This is mm-hmm. the perfect timing for them, specifically because Drew Brees has maybe three years left in his in his tank. Maybe two. Maybe maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the third only because he's got wide receivers that know how to catch the ball at short distances and take it far. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got the the Michael Thomas, and then you have that young receiver that caught the the record breaking touchdown. Can't think his name. Can't either. Uh, I think his last name is Smith. I'm sure like Traquan Smith. Yeah, there you go, like Traquan Smith. There yeah. you go. He he he's got players like that, so he's got himself a basically the greatest show on turf similar to the way uh, Kurt Warner had when he was with the Rams. So his team is built to help keep prolong his career. And Michael Thompson was smart. He made mention of, he's like, Hey man, I can't even get this bread unless I got Drew Brees because of the way Drew Brees plays the game. So the mm. team is built right now to win. They're built to win now. And like you said, Alvin Kamara's coming up and then they're going to have to start paying those defense, those corners. And that's the secondary. Cause remember that secondary was all rookies two years ago. So this is year three for them. So they're not going to come up on their contract until for two more years. Yeah. So once their contract comes up in two more years, yeah, mm-hmm. they're going to start paying them too. And at that point, Michael Thompson's contract won't be as absurd. He'll be at the back end of it. Most of the money will be paid to him. And then they'll be working out ways to pay Drew Brees a little bit and keep Michael at the same time. Mm-hmm. Or just utilizing all the young fast wide receivers that they've always done. Cause Drew Brees is the only other quarterback outside of Tom Brady to just have a slew of wide receivers that we have no clue what their names are. Mm-hmm. You know, Peyton Manning, he was kind of, well, actually, no, I won't say no, that. No, I mean, he, he had, well, well, Peyton Manning, he, he had make, Harvin Marison. He did. <laughs> he had Harvin Marison, very good, sir, <laughs> and Reggie Wayne, but he also had other receivers who, you know, you really had never heard of, who really weren't productive anywhere else but with him. Well, but every team, ha- every quarterback has that, but but they, every team, every team that has a top receiver like a, a Harvin Marison. Yeah. And potentially a Reggie Wayne, mm. they have randoms in between at three and four or whatnot. Heck, the uh, the Rams had that. I mean, they had Isaac Bruce, they had Torrey Holton, and they had 
like Ricky Pro, Isaac King. There you go. Yeah. Random names. So that makes sense. But I'm talking about Drew Brees. Like yeah. you literally barely can name anybody outside of like, well, actually, actually Joe Horn wasn't even there. Joe Horn was with Aaron Brooks. He sure was. Yeah. So, yeah, you look at the names, like, who was his wide receivers? Mm. So this is why I felt like it made sense to pay Michael Thompson today Fair because enough. you they, this is the one time he has a marquee receiver that actually plays perfectly into the system. So, mm-hmm. next topic. I mean, you, you asked a really good question in conjunction with this, right? That's true. That's true. Okay, so who's rubbing their hands now like Birdman? <laughs> it's got to be Julio. It's got to be Julio, who, and like I said, he's done it the right way. He at least has come to camp as these negotiations are going on. But he's the one, he knows he's next in line. So he knows that the contract that he gets, because I do believe he is a better receiver yes. than Michael Thomas. Yes. Um, he's got to be looking at somewhere in the, whatever make him happy, 105, 110 range, yep. around the same amount of guaranteed money. So he's probably next. But then after him, you got, you got, yeah, we got Hopkins. You got to pay DeAndre Hopkins. Did you? I didn't know this. I was watching the NFL Top 100. Yeah. He's on there somewhere, Top 20, 30. He had no drops last season. No drops Zero. at all. I don't Zero. even think Jerry Rice ever did that. No, never. No drops at all. Zero. They've got to pay him, too. So then you have like Odell Beckham Jr. then. Yep. Now, the problem Who just got is, his. Yeah, so he's kind of... He's set. He can't do much. Right. I mean, he can complain all he wants to, but they can just tell him, dude, we just made you the highest pay, and I fault somebody else upped us. We can't do anything about that right now. Yeah. And plus, you know, with Julio, he got assurances from Arthur Blank, the uh, the owner of the Falcons, that he would take care of him. So he's got to live up to his word. We see what the benchmark is now. So now's the time to, to pay. It should be easier for him now because now you know what the market is for wide receiver, for wide receiver in a passing league. It is what it is with Michael Thomas's contract. So exceed that, and we're good to go. I think that Julio Jones can't say anything about a contract until he gets over eight touchdowns in the season. Ooh. Because so remember – So would they take that to the negotiating table with Oh, him? I would. Yep. I walk up to him and be like, hey, man, you've had one 10-touchdown season, and that was 2012. <laughs> Since then, you had two, six, eight, six, three, Where's the three? Eight. I was looking for the three. I was like, I know there was a three-touchdown yeah. season. Yeah, no. you have not – you don't catch touchdowns. And it's like, why? Why does he not catch touchdowns? Because it's just, that's just not his thing. It's he's, he's weird. Like, he's like anti-touchdown? Yeah, it's like the anti he's like He's allergic to the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they use like a different sort of pesticide in the end zone. He, he ain't trying to get that on himself. Exactly. They use Roundup. He yeah. ain't trying to get uh, cancer. Okay. That's, well, yeah. I know that was pretty bad, wasn't no, it? I should, of, that, was, that was dark. It might be a little too soon for that. That was, yeah. was too early. A little too, a little too early, early for that one. Huh? A little, a little yeah, I was early. probably went too far on that. So, sorry about that. Anyway, so... Yeah, I'm thinking that probably Julio of all people definitely rubbing his hands uh, like Birdman. Hopkins, I don't think so. I think he's he's he understands the game and he knows that they're going to take care of him. They have to. Deshaun Watson needs him and they know it. So they're going to take care of him properly. I mean, of those three receivers like Julio, OBJ, Hopkins, do you think Hopkins is the one most likely to be willing to take a haircut for the greater good of the team of being able to spread a little more money around? I can see that. I can see him taking 80 to 90, taking up like a Brandon's Cooks type contract. Because mm-hmm. so, I mean, Brady's near. Take, Brady's, he's reaching the twilight of his career. So if he's like, you know, with Deshaun Watson, with J.J. Watts, you know, still playing well and Clowney, like we got a chance to uh, to take over the AFC once Brady gets out of everybody's freaking way. So why not take a haircut to keep some of these guys? Exactly. So I'm with that. All right, so next up, John Gruden <laughs> says that Nathan Peterman is growing on me. Jimmy, has, is John Gruden now clinically insane? No, he's not. Neither is it was the Bills, right? Isn't that who he was with before Nate Peterman? The Bills? Yeah. These seem they're, they're not listening. Here's what's happening. And we've seen this before with other quarterbacks. What I think is happening is that in practice, Nate Peterman is Joe Montana, and in the games, Nate Peterman is Joe Dirt. 
No, no, he's he's Nate Peterman. <laughs> okay, or Nate Peterman, aka yeah, Nate Peterman. Dirt, yeah. yeah, so he's garbage in the dirt. games, but in practice, they're like, he's phenomenal. If he could just be thirty percent in the game of what he is in practice, he could be a decent backup. But that's what's fooling people. So that I mean, because. These people aren't crazy. Why else would they put him in the game if he wasn't at least a phenomenal practice player? If he was garbage in practice, he wouldn't be on the team. He wouldn't make it onto the field in a game. You know what makes Nathan Peterman so great in practice in comparison to the game? What? He knows what the defense is going to run. No, he's not going to get hit. So he knows he's not going to get hit. <laughs> so he has zero pressure. You got to understand that he's okay. one of those guys. He's an opportunist. He understands that all I got to do is throw it and make it look good out here. They can't touch me. Mm-hmm. But whenever I go out there in the game time, I get hit, I'm just going to throw an interception. So, yes, I think that John Gruden is clinically insane. And I'm going to say this, <laughs> first and foremost, Jay Gruden is better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so after all the things that Chucky has done, this is the thing that convinces you he's insane and not yes. any of the other stuff. Oh, yeah, it's 100%. Also, what this means is that with Hard Knocks coming up, Nate Peterman is going to be on Hard Knocks. A lot. Because oh, think I about it. Wait. See, the biggest thing that kills me is – their starting quarterback is Derek Carr that's received a lot of money and has the opportunity to be a really good quarterback in this league. Mm-hmm. They started gutting the roster around him. He was st- And he cried in the huddle, but he's still able to be a decent quarterback. And the fact that now he's disrespecting him by talking up Nathan Peterman. I mean, is they trying to get, make him a trade chip? Because I know that they don't plan on ever putting him in the game over Derek Carr unless mm-hmm. Derek Carr is just atrociously good trash hot garbage and I don't see Derek Carr becoming that well I mean like what you were saying earlier with Brian Flores talking up Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, in order to light a fire under Josh Rosen do you think that Gruden is maybe doing the same thing to light an extra fire underneath David Carr even though there shouldn't be any need for that because he needs to prove himself Uh, I mean possibly but that's like the stupidest thing in the world because that's not one fire you light you don't light Nate Peterman underneath you underneath Derek Carr and make him actually care. Because, I mean, if anything, the most disrespectful thing he could possibly do is start Nate Peterman over Derek Carr. And at that point, Derek Carr should understand that they don't respect you as a man. They don't respect you as a football player. You need to find a way to just get up out of there, period. Uh So, okay. Well, last piece. It is episode 200. Yes. I asked you, Jimmy, if you had a clip that you love the most about well on the show, but you didn't have one, which I'm thoroughly disappointed in, but I understand. I had thoughts. We had 200 episodes but i was really caught up in what yours was yeah so i had one from the 200 episodes that we've had i had one clip (laughs) to me was the defining moment of the show like the moment of all moments in this show that told me i am very happy that i am doing this show with you i am very happy to be here hey man exactly all right that's why so you ready do you want to try to guess it I mean, you, um, I'll give you three guesses. Three guesses. Um, if you get it, I'll give you some money. This either it either is the one where I said I would eat dog food. If I think, ah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Let's hear it. I think my tech's gonna win the game, and it hurts me because I'm a because I'm I'm a fan of the U as well. Oh, I love the U. I hope like, I want like the U to be back. Team. See, the thing is, is yeah. I think I said on the last show they're my team that has the outside shot of getting into. Of bringing the ACC into mm-hmm. playoffs. Now, Clemson could, but yeah. they have Vitek this week, Notre Dame next week. Oh. And then if they win out, they'll play Clemson oh. in the ACC championship. That's, that's, so they got three opportunities. That's a murderer's role. You're not getting through that on unscathed. They, they have three opportunities comes. To, to really prove themselves. And I promise you, if they win all three of those games, they will be the number two seed. At least. Minimum. They better be. Or yeah. the I'll, yeah. If they if they do that, I will I will eat dog food on air. I will eat dog food on this show. If Miami wins all three, if Miami wins all three of those games, yes. Okay. Now, 
I'm not going to eat like a whole. No, nah, no, nah, I'll give you one piece of kibble. We'll make you chew it. Yeah, yeah. Max, little Max over there is going to have to sacrifice some of his Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> yeah, if they get through that murderer's row, I will eat dog food on the show. That is how certain I am that they cannot do that. And I'll make sure to take a picture so you guys can see him place this in his <laughs> mouth. And that is the truth. Yeah. But that one intrigues me. That one intrigues me. Those are the three that really got my attention for this weekend. But there's so many games. Jimmy said oh, that man. he would eat dog food that was on insane. the show. If Miami and, and the thing was is Miami almost did it. Yes, I was sweating bullets. He was, I was sweating like, bullets. Oh my God. I remember playing it on the next show. I think before, I tried to get out of it. Or actually, something. no, no, I, it was because it was later on, right before I think they was they was they was potentially going to play Clemson in the ACC championship. Mm. I had that bad boy teed up, and Jimmy's like, "I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I got real semantical. Yeah, about like, it. Well, yeah well, well, what exactly was the was, was the wording of this? And I'm like, Jimmy, no, you said you would eat." Dog food on the show. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I said eat it. I might like, you know, nibble on it a little no, bit. No, but you said if you they, would eat. If they win three games and go to the playoffs and beat Alabama or Clemson, I might. Exactly. Like, that's, yeah, what yeah, Alabama, to, that's what I was all, trying to say. Yeah, Alabama all of a sudden showed up. Like, wait a minute, Alabama's not even in the list. <laughs> what is it? But, but no, Miami almost went there. And when I was thinking about all the 200 shows, there are, there are some great moments that you have made comments that everyone had to stop and pause on. But uh-huh. that was hands down the best scenario outside of us yelling at each other about Andre Robeson. Yeah, yeah. So that was great. Well, uh, you know, and the one about Andre Robeson, we'll just have to cue. We should have like a segment where we just cue up like an old clip, one of our like favorite clips from a past show, just to kind of relive it, offer commentary on it, and you know, just have fun with it. Have some fun with it. We have yeah. to do that. We have to do that in another episode. So yeah. that one was uh, that, that was, was awesome, solid. Man. That, that was, was awesome. awesome. That was awesome. Okay, <laughs> uh, transitioning over as we get ready to cut the cut the cheese and close out the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did say cut the cheese. <laughs> I don't know why I say cut the cheese, but uh, anyway. So, um, final segment. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, you had something that we wanted to dive all into. I'm thinking it was... Uh, was Melvin Gordon? Or, there we go. Yeah, Melvin Gordon, We got yeah. a running back that's now requested for a trade. Yeah, um, Melvin Gordon is wanting uh, 10 mil a year. I think that with the girly contract, he's looking at about 14 or 15 a year. Yeah. So, uh, the contract offer that the Chargers have offered him um, is probably... It, well, obviously, it's less than the ten mil a year that he's wanting. Maybe around the eight nine range. Maybe he's wanting actually like twelve or thirteen because he's probably looking at Ty Gurley and like I'm not that. He's not that far ahead of me. So if he's making fourteen or fifteen, I deserve twelve or thirteen. Either way, they're at an impasse. And the uh, GM for the Chargers basically said, "We've made our offer. We're not going to trade you, and this is where we're at." So now he is still through his agent, Melvin Gordon, requesting a trade. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, so what? I know your default position in these kinds of situations tends to be to trade the guy, get assets, and move on from it. Yes. Um, so I don't want to assume that that is your stance when it comes to Melvin Gordon and what the Chargers should do with him, but is that your stance? Well, in this situation, no. And the only reason why I feel that way is I think that they need to just go ahead and pay this dude. Mm-hmm. We have to remember that the way that they work these running backs, this is why they hold out. And um, I always reference, of course, uh, my, one of my favorite people on television, Bomani Jones. He made one of the best points possible about all of this. Mm. This is how the system is set up. The system is set up for players to hold out. That's their only option to get the money that they deserve because the moment that they're not serviceable, what happens? The team cuts them. Mm. So at this point, it's built basically with the CBA and everything that's set up that they can go in there hold out and let them know I'm not going to play until you provide me with a fair contract. What we feel fair. Um, 
he even mentioned it before, and my boy Frank um, in Cleveland, who does television there, yeah. uh, we had a conversation around contracts when it comes to working in television or in radio or just different jobs that require a contract. Heck, even the wife or whatnot with her situation. Uh, we had discussions around that, and the one thing you have to remember, there's a reason why there's an agent in between the player and the team mm. but, or the player and the, and the person in the job. The reason why certain jobs have agents is, is because that job's the job's goal is to pay you as little as they possibly can. The agent's job is to get you as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. When it comes to money, we take that stuff personally. And it's not always personal. It's business. And I understand why the Chargers are just saying, look, this is what we offer. This is what we're going to stick to. Because financially, they don't want to be strapped to a running back, similar to the fact that, you know, Todd Gurley now has arthritis in his leg. He ain't going to be able to produce like he was once he get the contract. Mm-hmm. DeMarco Lawrence, what happened to him right after he got his contract? Oh, DeMarcus Lawrence. Yeah, DeMarcus uh, yeah. Lawrence. Surgery. DeMarcus next Lawrence. day. Surgery. Yeah, surgery next day. He went straight from the facility to the medical room. Exactly. So that's that's pretty consistent, and it, it comes to a moment where you lose out on those services because you can't pay them. Mm-hmm. So because you pay them up and you can't pay anybody else to replace them. So with Melvin Gordon's situation, I understand. And like I said, the system is built like this to where these players can hold out to negotiate it because that's the only way they can renegotiate this piece. They need to just go ahead and pay Melvin Gordon a competitive salary. They don't probably can't give him Todd Gurley money, but give him close because honestly, he is extending Philip Rivers' career. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could, but the problem with him, especially via his contract, is he has no leverage because um, he has to come in by a certain point in the season in order to accrue a year of service. Right. Whereas if he doesn't, then he's in the same situation next year, $5.6 million being the contract, one year left, and this year won't count. So he has no leverage, and if they stand pat, I think they have to because it's not just about Melvin Gordon. It's about sending a message in terms of how your organization handles holdouts. And if you cave into him, why wouldn't you cave into Melvin Ingram? Why wouldn't you cave into Joey Bosa or anybody else or Derwin James? These are people you're going to have to pay who are really good players. So if they cave into him, then they're going to have to cave into all of them as well. So this is a message. This is a template for what other players can expect if they find themselves in the same situation as Melvin Gordon where they want more money, they feel like they've outplayed their contract, and they're willing to hold out. So this is really what this is about. No, I get that. I get that. And and I agree. That's exactly what they're doing. And then the problem runs for them is, is are they willing to go into these games without Melvin Gordon and potentially suffer the consequences of taking L's without the guy that kind of helps you produce on the field? Mm-hmm. Now, when Melvin had his replacement out there, uh, what was his last name? What was his name? Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler was really good. Austin Eckler is not Melvin Gordon. True. So that's the thing is that he's once they got they didn't have film on him, so he was able to produce similar to Melvin Gordon. But now the teams have film on him; they had the summer to figure out who he is. He's not going to be able to do the same thing Melvin Gordon does. And Melvin Gordon is a special player in the league. Kind of one of those guys you need to go ahead and just write the check for. It sucks. But guess what? We got to write that check sometimes. So that was fun. That was fun. Yep. Episode number uh, two, honey. Two, honey. Appreciate everything about you. So, what's your final thoughts? In closing, all right. So, I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood over the weekend with Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. A really good movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, Written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. And in the movie, there's a segment uh, where there is a fictionalized version of Bruce Lee, who at the time in 69 was on the Green Hornet as a character, Cato. So he's having this uh, discussion with Brad Pitt's character, who's a he's like a stuntman, a, a double for DiCaprio's character, and he's talking to him about how he doesn't like Western martial arts and how he could, in a sense, you know, beat the best fighters in the country, and uh, which include Muhammad Ali. And he really comes off as very arrogant, very brash, an a hole, and. 
that portrayal of him, even though the scene is funny and then he actually has a sparring session with Brad Pitt's character and it's really good. It's really funny as well. But uh, Bruce Lee's daughter, his living daughter, she's 50 years old, Shannon Lee, was very angered by the portrayal of her father as very arrogant, as very brash, as someone who um, he said something kind of bad about Muhammad Ali in this. And she says that's something he would never say because he revered Muhammad Ali. So what I want people to understand is that in a movie, you can't expect truth. You can't expect this to be a documentary. It's about an entertaining portrayal, even if it is a caricature of a historical figure who did live. So you can't go to a movie expecting anything other than drama or entertainment. So I understand her being upset about the portrayal of her father. But at the same time, this is a movie, not a documentary. So you really can't go to these movies looking for truth because most of them that involve people who actually live is nothing like what the individual was really like or a lot of times what they actually experienced as is depicted in the movie. I get that. Mm-hmm. All right. So for me, uh, my final thoughts is how the NFL is not only a joke, savage, <laughs> and utterly disrespectful. Uh, Steven Jackson, actually, I'm not sure if you knew this, Steven Jackson decided to um, retire. Mm. And uh, the Rams decided to do it in the most honorable way. They signed him to a one-day contract. It's pretty awesome. So he's doing the ceremonial way of being a Ram, retiring. You know, they appreciated him. He did a phenomenal job and phenomenal things in St. Louis when they were there. He never went to L.A., but whatevs. He was great to them. He was great to them. They were great to him. So they took care of him. Well, it was a one-day contract. It was today. He signed it. Right afterwards, he got some information from the NFL. <laughs> and this is what he tweeted out. Dear NFL, can you tell Mr. Lombardo that I signed a one-day contract? I will not be reporting today for my random drug test screening. Thanks in advance. Hashtag retirement life. So <laughs> I'm cracking up because it's either A, he's just trolling the NFL for the fun of it with their quote-unquote random um, drug test, or B, they actually sent him a letter saying, hey, we got to drug test you before you can come back to the game. Like, bruh, it's ceremonial one-day contract. I'm not coming back. Silly. So, with that, uh, we appreciate y'all joining us as usual here on the Half a Bird Sports Show. We do this twice a week. WMQGradio.com, Tuesdays and Fridays and Saturdays at noon Eastern. Um, and you can also find us wherever podcasts are served download it and listen too. so for mike bob wendy thank you so much for sticking it out with us 200 episodes guys love when i hired you all phenomenal job as well as to my co-host jimmy this is the half a burst sports show signing off here's 200 more episodes peace mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for based on cox analysis of ookla speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details